Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. So this is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He is the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning uh, based in Massachusetts. Uh, Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Mark. Jordan, how are you doing? Let's give a a brief history of uh, your professional history leading into your expertise in retirement planning. Certainly. So many years ago, I actually hired a financial planner to help me to answer some of the questions that I had just to put me on track, which is sort of my introduction into financial planning. At the time, I had no money. I just wanted to know what I needed to know. And it was probably the best investment in myself I had ever done. As a result of that and a a life change at that time, I decided to get into the world of financial planning. I have been doing so now, which seems like a very quick time, 33 years. Um, So we basically work with individuals who are about to or considering or already into retirement and helping to guide them along the journey, which is really very different than what many of the, if you will, the radio and TV ads that they see where they tell them it's all about having money. But the reality is a successful retirement is so much more than just money. And that's a lot of what we talk about with our clients. Very good. Well, let's kind of start a broad view Uh, The baby boom has been retiring for several years now. Are most of them in pretty good shape as they've approached retirement? This is the generation that had 401ks that their previous generation did not. Are most of the people getting to retirement in in pretty good shape? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I can't answer that in a global way of complete and total certainty. I do know that as a general rule, and the studies show that most Americans do not have enough money for retirement, as evidenced by a study that was done by AARP a couple of years ago, which asked the question, um, as you approach your normal retirement, which was defined as 65, 66, 67, were you going to retire at that age? And the answer was, for the most part, no. And then the follow-up question was, well, what is the reason why you would defer it? And the answer was, predominantly, they didn't have enough money. So we've had access to and had, you know, the introduction of 401Ks if you work for the corporation. Um, But you had to be putting the money in. Um, You had to be leaving it there. It had to be invested properly. And what we have found is that a majority of people just don't have the financial awareness, financial literacy to be able to do this in such a way that they accumulate enough money to pursue the retirement that they wish for. But you're saying it is possible. We're going to talk about a lot of those strategies. You're saying if they do it right, it is possible to accumulate enough money to retire comfortably. Is that what you're saying? There's no doubt in in my mind that you can. However, unfortunately, most of what we do in terms of investing, we look to, as we get close to retirement, try to accelerate the amount of money we, we, we save or invest. It doesn't work that way. And, you know, what I really try to instill in my clients and their kids is it's not about how much money you put away. 
It's the discipline of putting it away. And if you can start earlier rather than starting later, then you'll set yourself up for a better outcome in retirement. So what are some of the specific things can be people do? Say they, you know, they're in their 50s. They're, they've got some time but not that much time, but they haven't saved enough. What are some things they can do to kind of ramp it up so that they are in decent shape by the time they retire? Well, I mean, th- th- there's a number of things that they do have control over. Um, they really have to get a sense of first and foremost, because when you retire, cash is king, okay? Um, a recent study came out, and I, can't, oh, I think it was one of the life insurance agencies came out with a study that talked about those who were happy and those who were not happy in retirement. Or to rephrase it, against their expectations of what they thought retirement would be, how was the reality of that retirement? And about a third of the people answered that the, the reality of retirement was not up to what they thought it would be. And the majority of those folks were burdened by debt. So if there's one thing that I can suggest to people is, if you're looking to set yourself up for a quote-unquote successful retirement, something that is in alignment with what your expectations are, to really address the debt that you have, Um, particularly now with interest rates as low as they are, whether it's making sure you lock in that um, mortgage rate if it is variable before it goes back up, whether it's taking care of the credit cards or car loans that you have. Because, as I say, the studies show those people who are finding um, less stress, uh, more enjoyment, um, are dealing with less debt than those who are not having fun. So the first thing I would take a look at is your cash flow and relative to the debt amount that you have. The next thing that I would take a look at is how much cash flow do you need in retirement? Um, Most people think of budget as a four-letter word. It's not. It's really helping you to get a handle on and control over what it is that your life is going to be, not just now, but in the future. And to understand how much you need and then how much is coming in, whether it's a pension for those people who are fortunate enough to get those or um, Social Security, which most people will get, um, then understand how much you need from the portfolio. And if your portfolio isn't large enough, to get you that supplemental income, then you may have to think about working beyond the formal retirement, a part-time job or something like that. Let's specifically talk about Social Security. Let's go to Social Security for Kedmark. So uh, there was just recently an announcement about the cost of living increase for 2022. Uh, Tell us about that, and, and was that kind of more than you were expecting? Actually, it was right in line with what we were expecting. Uh, we were expecting 5.9% as a number based on the first two quarters of the CPIW, which is the inflation benchmark that Social Security has used since 1975. It was the largest increase in 39 years, um, which is really good for those who 
are, are, are collecting Social Security, they'll get a, a, a big increase because over the last 15 years or so, I think they've been averaging somewhere around 1.5% for an increase for the cost of living. It's also good for those who are getting closer to, re- to uh, collecting Social Security at whatever age that might be, because not only do they get 8% on their deferred credits, but also the cost of living. There is a silver lining or the other side to that, because for Social Security, that's good. You know, the bad news is, Jordan, is the reason behind that is inflation at this moment is high. Um, but if you think about it, it's just a snapshot of what inflation is at this moment. They go quarter by quarter. And the raise for the COLA was based on the third quarter's view, July, August, September, for the CPIW. So, you know, in terms of inflation overall, hey, it's here for a little while. I don't think it's here to stay, but we do have supply chain issues, which is impacting everybody's purchasing. Um, But it was great news for those who were collecting fixed income. So let's talk about the longer-term view on Social Security. Uh, The Social Security Trustees Report came out somewhat recently. As I remember, they brought the year of, uh, I guess insolvency isn't the right word, but financial troubles a year earlier because Social Security trust fund was hurt pretty hard by the pandemic. Just give us a kind of a wrap-up of uh, where things stand with Social Security trust fund right now. Absolutely. Um, So the number that they had been working on in terms of, if if you will, financial issues was somewhere around 2034-ish, and they brought that down to 2033. And that was really based on two primary factors. One, um, they're now going to have to pay out more, uh, 5.9% next year. And believe it or not, uh, the mortality rate last year was much higher as a result of the whole pandemic. Um, So uh, combine those two things, and what they found was, hmm, we may have a little bit of an issue maybe a year earlier. But it's really important here, Jordan, to recognize what that means. People think that means, as you were about to say, insolvency, or some would say bankruptcy. It's not true. Um, What it means is if we do nothing, If Congress doesn't tend to this beforehand, and we know they will because they have to, it's one of their largest constituencies, those who are retired. But if nothing happens, then of the 100% guarantees that we now have for our Social Security benefits, in the year 2033, it is projected that those same people will only get approximately 80% of the guarantees. So they're not going bankrupt. They're still going to be able to pay out the majority of it. But the reality is there's a number of different ways for Congress to come in and provide some more solvency so that we can continue to kick the can down the road and provide the liquidity that they need. We've known this for a long time, for decades, actually. The last major change was 1983, actually. So why hasn't Congress, which knows this is coming, do something about it? Listen, the, the, the last change was 1983, but it took till almost the end of the 90s for actually that, for them to in, enact the change. Um, this is just the way they do it. They do, for a long period of time, they called Social Security the, the third rail, right? They didn't want to touch it um, because it meant that they were going to get voted out of office. 
Um, they've got a lot on their plate right now. But the good thing is this conversation is getting louder in Congress, but there's so much right now that they're dealing with on an on a ongoing, current basis that uh, keeps Social Security a little bit, bit on the back burner. I have no, um, I have no fear that this will not be taken care of. I'm very, I can't provide any guarantees, but I'm pretty clear that we will get some of the changes that are necessary to just kick the can down the road. And you think those changes will be increasing the tax rate and reducing the, uh, exp- uh, the payouts to some extent? Just roughly what kind of uh, uh, I don't think they'll, they, they won't decrease payouts, but they may impact the cost of living. Remember, pensioners for the most part, do not get cost-of-living increases. This is why they call it a fixed income. Um, Social Security has been providing this cost-of-living increase, which pensioners don't get. So it may very well be that the cost-of-living may go away or be reduced, but I don't think they'll, they'll reduce the basic benefit. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He is president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning, uh, based in Massachusetts. Uh, you can find out more about what he does about retirement planning at his website, 55retire.com. We'll be back after this. Wish you were on, in on some of the best-performing IPOs recently? Our crowd investors were, and now you can join them on what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most important, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd's go- companies going IPO, such as Beyond Meat, or being bought out by companies such as Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Our crowd's investment professionals leverage their extensive network to review some of the most promising private companies and startups in the world. Their in-depth due diligence includes meeting with management teams and generally comprehensive vetting of deals they decide to make part of their own portfolio. Once our crowd has selected a deal, they offer accredited investors the opportunity to invest alongside them with the same terms. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free at OURCROW.com slash answers and review the current deals. No payment is involved until you decide to participate in a deal. After you review the deals, you can have access to our crowd's investor relations team who you can talk to directly on the phone about your personal investment goals. The investment professionals at our crowd have already reviewed thousands of companies, invested hundreds of millions of dollars, closed investments in over 200 companies, and chosen dozens of companies that have made successful exits. Accredited investors can participate in a single company deal for as little as $10,000 or one of our crowd's funds for as little as $50,000. Now you can invest in Orient, whose software-only indoor GPS is 20 times more accurate and scalable than current solutions. Orient has landed contracts with some of the largest retailers in the world. Invest today at our crowd. Our crowd's accredited investors have already invested over $1 billion in growing tech companies. Join the fastest-growing venture capital investment community at ourcrowd.com slash answers. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, 
I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He is president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Swampscott, Massachusetts. And you can find out more about what he does to help people plan and save for retirement at his website, 55retire.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thank you. Back on the Social Security uh, front, um, uh, how can people navigate continuing to work while continuing to collect Social Security? Because you say people in many cases are getting to 60, 67 and don't really have enough, so they continue to work. What are the offsets of getting Social Security or not while you're working? Absolutely, and I think we have to start with the fact that uh, there was a study done by United Income uh, about two years ago that indicated that 96% of people were taking Social Security at the wrong time, and, and in their words, leaving trillions of dollars um, uh, on the table. Um, most people don't know when exactly to take it. There's a lot of confusion. Unfortunately, about a third of the people take their Social Security as soon as they're eligible at age 62, uh, not realizing the impact it could potentially have on their household income and on their surviving spouses. So it, it, there's oftentimes not a clear answer in terms of what is needed, and sometimes people take it early and while they're working before full retirement age. And full retirement age is anywhere between 66 and 67, depending upon when you were born. But if, you're, if you are working and you are taking your Social Security or decide to take your Social Security before your full retirement age then there is an offset, and that offset is that you're allowed to earn up to $18,240. And anything above that, Social Security will take uh, a portion of the benefits that you are earning 
and put them aside. Now, it doesn't mean you won't see them later. When you reach full retirement age and then you start to collect, if you do, then they'll start to prorate and give it back to you. But if you think that you're going to be getting that full benefit, and that's why you signed up for Social Security while still working and you're not yet of full retirement age, then there's going to be a problem. Is the best thing to do in all circumstances... Wait until you're 70, uh, if you can afford to do so? No, it's a great question, because the United Income study showed that 43% of people were better off taking it before age 70. So it all depends what your situation is. Are you married, not married, in good or bad health? What kind of income is coming in? What kind of assets do you have? Are, there, are the assets in retirement or non-retirement accounts? What kind of cash flow do you need? What are your planning objectives? So, um, I mean, we've got seven different uh, Social Security calculators for the clients that we have because it is a complex uh, situation to try to put it all together. Um, unfortunately... One of the worst things that you can do is actually, if you can get through, call the Social Security Administration offices to get their projections and guidance for you because they are not allowed to provide for you any advanced planning. They are only allowed by law to be able to tell you what your current situation is, period, end of conversation. And if that is the case, and all they do is tell you what you are available for now, but not what you may miss out later or what your spouse may miss out on later, then you may be getting the wrong guidance. So it's important when you take a look at Social Security not just to rely on any one particular calculator where all it does is take into account the benefit itself. You really need to take into account everything else as well. Now, on early December... Uh, we have the national debt ceiling coming up. That We kind of got through the last one, but we have another one coming. And the Republicans saying they're not going to support an extension of the national debt ceiling and let the Democrats do it. If that were to happen, it's unlikely, but if that were to happen and we did default on national debt, what would be the impact on that on Social Security right away? You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't have an answer to that because I, I, I don't hear anybody addressing that right now. I, I, I don't see it as an issue. Uh, I mean, the last time that uh, numbers of years ago where we, you know, drove, drove off the, the ledge as a result of our Congress folks in Washington, um, I don't believe there was an impact on the ability to deliver that Social Security check. Is the Social Security coming directly from the trust fund at this point, which is independent of Congress, or is some of it coming from the general budget, which would be impacted by a national debt ceiling uh, problem? I believe it's independent of Congress. So it would not be impacted, even if we default on the national debt? Correct. Correct. Well, that'll make people feel better. (laughs) Other things will go down, but not Social Security. You got it. You got it. While we're at it, let's talk about Medicare briefly, because people, okay, maybe 2033... We're going to have trouble with Social Security, but people are saying Medicare is going to be much sooner than that. What is the current projected crossover time for Medicare, and what's going to be done about that? Um, the impact on Medicare uh, had a uh, more precipitous decline. I think it was more like four or five years that they had 
projected for the, if you will, financial issues on Medicare. But again, uh, it's a similar situation in terms of Social Security. Um, We tend to wait till later. Hey, listen, we saw what, what, what... we, what tried to happen in, in Washington with, with Obamacare, right, and what's happened as a result. Um, I, I think there's always going to be a discourse here and a disagreement. But, you know, for somebody like myself who is on Medicare uh, now, um, it, it's a great program. And I, I think it's one of the best insurance programs that I've gotten. Um, Interestingly, I think that some people who still have a significant amount of income into retirement or, if I will, after age 65, they may not realize the cost involved with with, uh, Medicare Um, for a couple based on the metrics that uh, Medicare has right now. A couple could be paying upwards of a thousand to almost eleven hundred dollars a month for their Medicare coverage. So it's important in the planning, and you certainly don't want to miss this as you do your planning for retirement, uh, to make sure that you cover this just as you would take a look at health care while you were working. So if it's got four to five years to go before it's in trouble, what would you expect? No, no, no. It, 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 the, the projection was four to five years sooner, not four to five years from now. So what year does it start running into trouble? If Social Security is 2033, what year are they expecting Medicare? It's sooner than 2033, I think, right? Uh, it was a couple of years before that. And again, I think we're in the same situation as with Social Security. They're just not dealing with it right now. It's not in their face. Um, there is dialogue going on in the background, but we certainly have some c- compelling issues that we're dealing with now that, you know, as you mentioned, the debt ceiling being, you know, right around the corner. And so what would be the potential solutions, raising or uh, keeping the, eliminating the cap on Medicare uh, earnings that can be taxed or reducing benefits? What are the possible leverage? It's coming pretty much, you know, out of a similar bucket, right? Um, So the solutions are very similar. Uh, You can delay, you know, now that we're living longer, delaying the um, eligibility date, you know, um, you can increase the tax or the level um, of the tax exemptions that you have, you know, the ceilings that we have. I mean, this year, the uh, maximum tax wages were brought from uh, about 142,000 up to about 147,000. You could increase that number. So there's numbers of different ways to take a look at this. Uh, We just have to get to the point, not having agreement, but at least having a conversation. That would be progress. Yes. Okay. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He is the president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Swampscott, Massachusetts. You can find out more about what he does to help people plan and enjoy retirement at his website, 55retire.com. We'll be back after this. Whether you are a crypto pro or a total beginner, you can finally earn Bitcoin the easy way. With the world's first Bitcoin rewards credit card from BlockFi, you can earn unlimited Bitcoin on every qualifying purchase you make. Introducing the BlockFi Rewards Visa Signature Card. It's the easiest way to get Bitcoin by just making everyday purchases. Grow your Bitcoin portfolio when you buy your groceries, pay your bills, fill up at the gas station, or have a meal at a restaurant. You can earn 1.5% back in Bitcoin on all qualifying purchases with no reward limits. Plus, there's no annual fee and no foreign transaction fees. 
just Bitcoin earned on every single qualifying purchase. Now the time to start a ramp up or get Bitcoin portfolio is now. Bitcoin saw a 230% annualized return last year and has been very strong for most of this year as well. In fact, Bitcoin has been the best performing asset of the last decade, outperforming the NASDAQ 100 by 10 times. BlockFi is a leader in crypto and was named to Forbes' FinTech 50 list in 2021. Plus, BlockFi is the easiest place to buy, sell, and earn crypto. There's no better place or time to sign up and start earning Bitcoin today. Right now, listeners to The Money Answer Show can earn a bonus of $25 in crypto after you make your first purchase with a credit card when you sign up at BlockFi.com money. That's a $25 bonus in crypto deposited right into your account after you make your first purchase. But you have to use my URL, which is BlockFi.com money. Start earning Bitcoin back on all your purchases today. Go to BlockFi.com money. Not all will be eligible. Geographic, regulatory, and underwriting restrictions apply. Fees and terms are subject to change. Additional terms of service at BlockFi.com. BlockFi is a financial technology company. Banking services are provided by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, Voice America Business Network. someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer, president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning. You can find out more about him and his firm at 55retire.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thanks, Jordan. So let's talk about IRAs um, and uh, putting money in 
and taking it out. Now, the, the law changed where you can take it out a little bit later than you used to have to do before the required minimum distribution. Um, what are some things that people do not understand about IRAs that you can help them understand better? Well, you know, the required minimum distribution, which was pushed back from the age of 70 and a half to, to 72, was, was a great thing. Because, you know, particularly for many of the clients that I work with, they didn't need the money. So it was being pushed out to them, and they were having to get taxed on it. The whole purpose of the required minimum distribution is for the government, which has allowed us to grow the money on a tax-deferred basis to now move it to some form that they can collect some tax. And that's why we have to take out in that first year approximately 3.5% of the overall assets that we have in our retirement accounts. I think that the, the, the key with um, IRAs uh, for those who are closing in on retirement or retired um, is to understand uh, when income should be taken out and whether or not you should take it out of your IRA versus your non-retirement or non-IRA account. And that has a lot to do with the planning. Um, what income do you need? We think of it in terms of different stages between, you know, so I'm 66, so, you know, what do I need between 66 and 72? Uh, because it's so far I don't have to take money out of my IRA, so I could be either working or take it out of my um, taxable account. That's stage one. Stage two is beyond age 72. Let's call it to our late 70s or early 80s, where hopefully we're still healthy. And then we take a look at more of the legacy planning when we're looking at you know, our, our 80s and beyond. So I think it's really important to take a look at the bucket of your retirement accounts and non-retirement accounts to see how to generate the income on a tax-efficient basis. Um, when it comes to your IRAs as well, and these are, this is for folks who have yet to retire, you may really want to consider a Roth IRA. And uh, this is really um, relevant for those who are starting to take money out of their IRAs, where they're finding that not only are they getting taxed, but based on the conversations and dialogue that's going on right now, the taxes could be higher as we move forward. The Roth IRA, if you had established it years ago, would allow you, one, not to have to take money out at your required minimum distribution date, and two, that it comes out tax-free. So taking a look at the Roth will be really important. In essence, what you do with the Roth in order to establish it, you either contribute on a after-tax basis, not pre-tax, or you journal money in or move money from your regular IRA to a Roth IRA. If you do that, that will be counted as income. You'll have to pay taxes today. But assuming that you have a robust portfolio that will provide you with the opportunity for some growth down the road, you'd rather pay some tax on a smaller amount now than pay tax on a larger amount later. So the Remind Roth IRA can be a very good tool for you if you're, if you're doing the proper planning. Remind people of what the requirements are to be able to op open a Roth IRA. If your income is too high, you can't do it. Just remind people when you can and cannot open a Roth IRA. 
so I, I believe it was it was a hundred thousand dollars. I, I can't. I don't know. We, we haven't done the rollover on the Roth um, in, in quite some time, but it was a hundred thousand um, dollars in terms of rolling it over into the Roth IRA. Um, in terms of contributing to it, I, certainly you need to take a look at your uh, and talk to your accountant uh, as to whether or not and how to coordinate the contribution level, which can be upwards of six thousand dollars, or if you're over fifty to seven thousand. Um, but again, um, you know you, you need to talk to the accountant to find out what you're eligible for and what you cannot. When you uh, leave your job, does it often make sense to roll over your four hundred one k balance? into an IRA, either traditional or a Roth IRA? So you really have to take a look at uh, what your expectations are, how you're managing it. Uh, one of the big mistakes that people make when they have the 401k is they have really sort of limited knowledge or involvement. They just are putting money away on a, uh, a, a, a weekly or bi-weekly way. They, they had set and forgotten, you know, what their allocation was, and they're not really involved in that um, day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month investment process. When you leave, and you have to consider also the cost of leaving, um, typically on the 401Ks, there is a very low cost to actually running the money. So you really need to take a look at that as a consideration when you do roll it over into your IRA, whether you do it on your own or with a financial advisor. But the benefits of rolling over the 401k to the IRA, in my opinion, almost, almost all the time, are much more than keeping it with your old 401k provider. Um, one of the big reasons is, and it's something that people don't often think about, is beneficiary designations. And it's something that you didn't really think about after you enrolled in your program. You know, if I'm married, I, 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 I designate, you know, my wife as my primary beneficiary and my kids as my contingent beneficiary. But in, in the 401k plans, you have limited ability to, to have flexibility to nominate more than just the primary primary or contingent beneficiary if you have some more complex estate planning issues. With your own IRA, the, the world is your oyster. Also, in terms of the world is your oyster, you typically have the whole world to invest in in your own IRA, depending upon who your custodian is, whereas in the 401k, you're limited to whatever, whatever offerings they have. Um, one of the downsides, depending upon the state that you're in, that, that, is that the 401ks are protected from credit risk in terms of whether or not somebody comes after you for money. So you have to check to see which state you're in in terms of whether or not that's an issue if you roll it over for, to an IRA. But again, for the most part, most people don't have that issue, but it's important just to be aware of it. Is it a bad idea to take a loan against a 401k? What is the downside of, of borrowing against your 401k? Well, I think so. There's two reasons where I believe it's okay to take to do something with the money in your 401k. Number one, if you have a hardship, something has happened and you need money immediately, and if there is a hardship withdrawal provision in your 401k, then of course you take it. You have no other choice. 
the other reason that I think it's okay to take a look at the money in the 401k, or better yet, how much you're contributing to the 401k, is if you have high credit card debt, where you're paying 12, 15, 18% on that debt. So my guidance to some folks is that if you have high credit card debt, that maybe for a period of six months or a year or a year and a half, you lower the amount you contribute to the 401k, pay off some of the debt that is just killing you on a cash flow basis. And then once you've lowered that amount, then you can come back to the 401k to the same amount or accelerate your, your, um, your contributions. But in terms of the loan itself, and about a third of all people who have 401ks take loans out against their 401k. And typically, outside of the first two examples, it's a bad idea. So we ran some numbers. A 35-year-old who takes a $5,000 loan out at a 5% rate, paying themselves back over a five-year period. Now, it's important that you understand I just said paying themselves back because that's the rationale many people have in terms of it's okay to take a loan because they say, eh, I'm paying myself back. But the reality is, and the numbers we ran were that if you were contributing $150 per pay period, that to pay back the loan was $44. So now you've got 44 of the 150 that is not being invested, and you've got opportunity lost by not investing it. But also, more than likely, the reason you have taken the loan out is because you're under financial duress, and you're probably lowering the amount that you're contributing to the 401k. So we ran the numbers based on the most optimistic scenario. We said, okay, you're going to continue to run the $150 per paycheck. And we found that the 35-year-old, assuming a 7% rate of return and certainly no guarantees for any future performance, but the $5,000 loan by the 35-year-old at age 65 cost that individual $50,000 in their retirement nest egg by taking the $5,000 loan out previously. So it's it, it, it's a growing. huge cost. Yeah, Sorry? that amount was growing. And also, they're lowering their take-home pay because the repayments on the 401k have to start at some point as well. And by the way, if you end up lo- losing or leaving that job and you still owe money on that 401k loan, it becomes a taxable event. So you really need to be very aware of the pluses and the minuses of taking out that loan. But you're saying still a third of the people would do it anyway, even though it's not advisable for them. Correct. A lot of people have big credit card debt, even though it's not advisable. I mean, unfortunately, we don't, the financial literacy and the financial awareness that we have throughout the, the country really is very low. And the good news is there are more and more efforts to try to get this information out. But even so people are making decisions that aren't necessarily in their best long-term interest. Very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Mark Singer. He's president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning based in Swampscott, Massachusetts. You can find out more about what he's doing at his website, 55retire.com. And he's also put out a book called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement. We'll be back after this. From 
from the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Mark Singer, president of the Safe Harbor Retirement Planning Company based in Swampskit, Massachusetts. You can find out more about what he does at his website, 55retire.com. Welcome back to the show, Mark. Thank you, Jordan. So one of the big questions these days is how to earn relatively safe current income in an environment where money market funds are paying zero and CDs are maybe 1% or less. Um, What do you recommend to clients who've done all of what you said? They've accumulated a nest egg, but they need to earn some income off of it and they don't want to lose the principal. It's a very, I have this conversation over and over again. It's a very short answer. No, there's nowhere to go. Um, let, let me let, let me preface it with a bit of a story. It's very interesting because it is very very topical. So um, my father-in-law, uh, who is 89 and retired from the rags business when he was 53, has been living off of his municipal bond income interest for all of this time. Um, what he does is he plays tennis every morning, still does at the age of 89, which is remarkable, and, and is clipping the coupons. He taught his kids and grandkids you're supposed to be investing in municipal bonds. Well, we had a conversation um, maybe about three or four months ago uh, around that we were having lunch, and he says, well, I can't believe I did it. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, I was talking to my broker and a couple of the bonds matured, and what we agreed we had to do, because there was no interest around in terms of fixed income, is that he bought a basket of value-oriented, dividend-yielding stocks. And it was the first time in 36 years that he had put his money into the stock market. He was so compelled to do this because there is nothing available in terms of interest um, in the fixed income arena and what you would call safe. So this is, a, this is a huge area, particularly for those who are looking for the income. Again, you know, we talked about, you know, the impact of inflation. It's a double-edged sword. 
Um, you know, there are fewer goods on the shelves now, and the prices are higher, which is why there is inflation. Um, the good news is, thankfully, you know, Social Security, for those who are on fixed income, is going up 5.9% in 2022. But where do you go? And, and, and I'll share with you, you know, some insight in terms of the conversations we have with our clients, because we're doing some reviews right now. Here's the good news. The market has done really well over the past 10, 15 years. But the problem with that is now that if you had the old 60-40 portfolio, 60% in equities and 40% in fixed income or bonds, that as a result of the equities doing so well, you, be, you may be more close to 70-30 or 75-25, depending upon how aggressive you were. And we learned this, this lesson back in the late 90s in the Internet bubble where everybody had these, these growth, in, Internet, whatever that was at the time, stocks. And, you know, portfolios that were 60-40 were now 85% in equities and wasn't this great until it wasn't. And, and the market went down for three successive years then. So the big question now is, and what we're dealing with our clients is, what do we do now that we've taken or that we have an allocation that is, in essence, holding more risk than what we had agreed we would do because the market, stock market, particularly the domestic stock market, has done so well? So do we take a look at fixed income? If you do, my, my, you know, again, I, I'm not providing investment guidance here, but if you're looking at fixed income, you really have to take a look at the much shorter-term duration. And what I mean by that is the following, that assuming that the next big move on interest rates is up, because you really can't go much further down than right now, let's assume today that you lock in today's rate for a 10-year period, but in a year or two, interest rates go up, then you're locked in at a very low rate relative to what the interest rates will be when they start to move back up. So you really don't want to lock in, whether it's a CD or some bond, um, you don't want to lock in long-term rates right now. If you're looking at anything, it needs to be on the shorter term so you have more flexibility, more liquidity, and more of the ability to make moves when the markets start to move up. Now, it's very interesting. Uh, uh, overseas in Europe, they're now talking about moving the interest rates up potentially by the end of this year or first quarter of next year. Not so sure that Mr. Powell is going to do that here. We're still anticipating that to be probably mid to late 2022, if then. Um, but it is in the works. It will happen. We need to anticipate it. It is priced into the equity markets as well, by the way. So, you know, it's a very difficult situation. I have no problem right now in moving it into something that is akin to cash or money markets, even though we're not earning anything because it is some form of insurance and provides us with the proper allocations that you need to have and rebalancing that you need to be doing. So going the opposite direction, how about cryptocurrencies? People are saying that's the solution. <laughs> that's been going up dramatically. We've got Bitcoin at 60000 
that you really are missing out on something if you don't have some Bitcoin or cryptocurrency in your portfolio, even if you're retired or near retirement? Boy, you know, the, the answer to this is all over the place. I was just at a conference just last week, and um, from experts in the industry, um, the answers were all over the place. Um, I can't tell you definitively whether or not you should or should not have it in your portfolio. Um, a virtual wallet, I'm not even sure what that is. Have, I, have, I, have we seen the price of crypto go up? Absolutely. Have we seen extraordinary volatility? Absolutely. My, my sense, personally, not providing any investment guidance, is, and you certainly had it on your airwaves here with the commercial that you just ran, there are more and more financial institutions who are providing more ways for you to trade and more platforms for you to own it. I think it's here to stay. But I'm not sure what that means in terms of the future value of crypto. I would suggest for someone like my client, if they want to get into it, it's a very small investment into it. You know, we're, we're, we're not looking at playing the lottery. And I think that if you put your, a lot of money into crypto, I think it's akin to playing the lottery. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you just kind of summarize what steps people should be taking now, assuming they're going to live a long time, to plan for retirement that in a lot many cases people are not doing? I think the most important thing is to plan. Uh, you have to take a look at where you are and where you think you're going to be. And you've got to align your money, your relationships, what's happening at home, what roles you're going to have to find between you and your spouse if you have one. And I would suggest to your listeners, if they want to, they can invest two minutes in our quiz which they can find at www.retirenowquiz.com. It's a 15-question uh, quiz. It'll take you two minutes. We'll get you a quick uh, score on what stage of retirement preparedness you're in, along with a free chapter of the book and a couple of worksheets to provide them clarity in terms of how well prepared they are. So you're saying that if people do the proper planning you're talking about, that they can have a comfortable retirement, and a lot of people have not done that planning. They have to understand what their expectations are. They can't on Friday, knowing they're going to retire on Monday, say, ooh, I need to start planning. That doesn't work. Indeed. Very good. Well, my guest this hour has been Mark Singer, president of Safe Harbor Retirement Planning. Uh, you can find out more about him at his website, 55retire.com. He's also put out a book called Don't Outlive Your Money in Retirement. I think people have learned a lot this last hour. Thanks so much for being a great guest on the Money Answer Show, Mark. Jordan, thank you. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of the Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.